Shalom, goes through a couple more halachas about the writing of the Megillah Soita, mixing two Megillah Soita together. How do we formulate a Shavua Shayesh Ima Ola that has a curse in it? Machalikas over there. Why the Soita says a double amen? What happens if a Shemeris Yovom is Mizane? Why does the queen allow it to be Mashbia the Soita about? We learn about the Soita drinking the May Soita twice. We begin with the fourth of the six halachas about the Igeres, about the uh, Megillah Soita, that if it's written like an Igeres, meaning it doesn't have Sirta according to Rashi, it doesn't have the lines etched in, it's going to be possible because the Torah says it has to be written Basefer, and a Sefer has a connotation of Sirtut. The fifth halacha is that if it's written on two separate pages, like in columns, it's going to be Pasal, because the Torah says Sefer Echod, meaning not two or three, and the sixth halacha is that if they write one letter and erase it, write another letter and erase it, and go through the whole partial like that, that's going to be possible. The Pasuk says, Rashi says, explains this, that it's a, in this one Megillah, they write and erase each letter throughout the entire thing. There are Achroinim that explain that they copy it off of an older, a different Megillah Saita and erase the old one, one letter at a time. Next, Rovo asks, what happens if you write two Megillas for two different Saitas and then you race them together in one cup? How does that work? What's that over here? Do you need a Ksivalish Does it have to be recognizable that this was erased for this Saita? It was erased Lishma, obviously. Or does the Ksiva need to be Lishma? Or does the Mechika also need to be Lishma? That's the Shaila. And over here, the Mechika is not. Obviously, for her, they were both in one communal cup. Now, Imtim Zulaymar, which Kafida Rambam is going to be the way we're going to Paskin, if you're going to say that it, you also require Mechika Lishma, what happens if they erase them into in two separate cups, put two different Megillas in two different cups, but then you mix those two cups together? You have your Mechika Lishma, this Megillah was clearly for this woman. But they didn't drink their own cup. Would that still work? If you say that, no, it has to be your own cup. What happens if you take these two cups, you pour them together, but now you divided them again. So now each one does get their own cup. Do we say Brera? That the cup that Saita number one is drinking it has all of the liquid that her Megillah was erased in? Do we say Brera? The Gemara leaves this all off with the teku. Rav asks another question. What happens if the Saita doesn't drink it out of the cup? She drinks it from a sponge or through a straw. Does that count as derech shtia? Is that a normal way to drink or not? And that's also left to the teku. This comes up with the dalad koises. Can you drink the dalad koises using a, a straw? Does this count as derech shtia? Someone has a hard time drinking, maybe. Ravashi asks another question. What happens if 
some of the wine is poured out, or even most of the wine is poured out, uh, of the water, rather, is poured out, and only a little bit is left, will this mesoita still be effective? Like the Karanara points out, you see from here that when you have the entire cup full, she would need to drink the entire chansi. Look, over here also the Gemara leaves it with a teku. Next, Rebzerah Marav tells us, what are the two shvois, the two swears that we make her make, make her say, what are they? So we have two options. The first option, the first answer the Gemara gives is that well, we have two different shvuas. One is before we erase the Megillah, and one is after we erase the Megillah. But Rava doesn't like that because in the Torah, they're both written before we erase the Megillah. So Rava answers that one shvua comes with a swear, with a uh, curse, rather, with an Allah, and the second shvua does not have a curse. Now the Gemara asks, okay, Rava, what is a shvua that comes with a curse? How is that formulated? So we have three different options. Amarav says that the Koyan tells the woman, the Saita, I'm making you swear that you were not metame, that you weren't mezana with this man, and if you were, you're going to be cursed. So Rava says that's not a shvua that has a curse, that's a shvua and then a curse. Those are two separate things. So Rava puts them together. He says, the Koyan tells her, I'm making you, sw- I'm making you swear that if you were metame, you're going to be cursed. But Ravashi doesn't like that. He says, that's just a curse. That's not a shvua at all. So Ravashi formulates it a little differently. The third option, that the coin tells her, I'm making you swear that you were not metame, and if you were, then you get the curse. Now we have another Mishnah that tells us, the last Mishnah of the parak will finish tomorrow, Be'ezer Hashem. Why does the Saita say Amen twice? She says Amen, Amen. That's what the Pasuk tells us. Why? So we have a few options here also. The first reason is that she's saying Amen to the curse and Amen to the Shvua. The second option is that she's saying Amen to this man that she's being suspected of being Metame with and Amen on every other man that she was not, she's swearing that she was not Mazana with anyone else as well. Number three, She's saying, Amen, that she wasn't Mizana when she was engaged, when she was married, when she was a Shemeris Yovam, or any Aknusa, a post Ibam. She's saying, Amen, that she was not Metame, and if she was, she's accepting the curses. The fourth explanation for the double Amen, Remeir tells us, that not only am I saying Amen that she wasn't Metame before with the man that she's being suspected of now, but Amen that she will not be Metame in the future. Everyone agrees, says the Mishnah, that we cannot make her swear. Once we're making a Gilgul Shua, once she's swearing, we could throw in other things. But we can't, everyone agrees you can't make her swear on anything that happened before she was engaged or after she was divorced. If she had stira with someone and was metame with him, was mezana, and then afterwards she remarried her husband later, now when this husband is suspecting her, he cannot, the coin in this site can't make her swear on their past marriage. The klal is any 
be'ila that this woman would do that would not answer her on her husband, we can't make her swear on that now. We can't include that in her shvua. And the Gemara of Amnuna tells us, he asks, what happens if a shemeres yavam, a woman who falls to Yivam to her husband's, her dead husband's brother, what happens if she's mezana? If Amnuna says, she's now going to be ushered to her yavama. How do we know? Because Amishna said that we make her, say, that one of her amains is that she's swearing, she's agreeing that she did not. She was not disloyal to her shemeres, as a shemeres of him, waiting to do yibum or after having done yibum. But we also said that we don't make her swear on anything that wouldn't answer her to her husband. You see that if she had taka, been Mizana while waiting to do Yibam or after having done Yibam, it would answer her to the Yavam. However, in Eretz Israel, Bama'arava, they didn't agree with her Ramnuna. They said that the only reason why Mishnah included that the Amin is going on a Shemeris Yavam and a Knusa, on a woman who had Yibam already, that was Lashitas Rabbi Akiva, who holds that Kedushin is not Toyfes. It doesn't take effect is not activated with Lavin, we consider it like an erva to commit her to kares even though it's Lavin. that's why even though it's a Lav, we can make her say on a main on the Shemeres Yovam now, Rameir said in our Mishnah that the Amin is going on any future Tumah that she, she's now swearing to not engage with. In the Brayster, we learned that Rameir isn't saying that if the Saita ever is Mizana again in her marriage, that this Mesoita should make her implode when she does. Rather, she's saying that if she ever is caught having yichud, she's going to need to drink the meisoyta again. She's going to be tested again and drink water again in the future. Maybe it's like a ben Moira, and that the Havamin is that it's like a ben Moira, that since she's already engaging in this bad behavior like the ben Moira, that we could take preemptive measures and that this meisoyta may even make her implode when she does in the future. Now, Kamash Malon, the Gemara is clarifying is not saying that. He's saying that we're going to have to do another check in the future. Next, Rev Ashi tells us, can we make her swear, can we make her say this, Amen, on future marriages as well? You know, right now, there wouldn't be any answer. It wouldn't answer her to her husband. It's a future marriage and she's not married to him yet or maybe she's going to remarry this husband. They could get divorced and remarried. It wouldn't work with a Kayan, but for Yisrael, maybe there's the potential of remarrying the same person, and we could include that in this Shvua, right? We could include anything in the Shvua that would answer her to him. So the Gemara answers that we cannot make her swear on a future marriage, just like we can't make her swear on previous prior marriages. If she is Mizana, she has Stira and Tumah. 
she gets divorced and remarried to her husband. This husband now, as a Saita, she can't swear on that previous Znus. But if she's Metame now in the second marriage, that we can't make we can in fact make her be Masnon as well. If she becomes Tome, if she's Metame after he takes her back into a second marriage, then yeah, now we would be able to include that in her shvuas. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.